Hi, this is uh, Marco Napoli. I'm the founder of Pixelini, the maker of Once and Needs app, and you're on the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. I'm going to get straight into this episode. We have a very busy man, but he's going to deliver so much value for us. So it's going to be a great episode. Stay tuned. Uh, I have on the other end for you, uh, Joseph Kopser. He is the CEO and co-founder of Ride Scout. Uh, incredible entrepreneur. We're going to learn a great deal. So Joseph, thank you very much for joining us on the App Guy podcast. Thanks, Paul. I'm happy to be here. Can you tell us in a, a brief um, few minutes, you know, a, a bit about yourself? How did you end up founding uh, Ride Scouts, and uh, you know, give us a bit of background on you on yourself? Yeah, sure. It's not your typical background, but at the end of the day, I share, like all entrepreneurs, a real desire to solve a specific problem. So, if you back up in time, I graduated from West Point in 1993 with my uh, co-founder Craig Cummings who we had served together in the Army through several assignments to include. Uh, one assignment for me was a trip to Iraq in 2004, and it's then that I got to see firsthand our nation's uh, over-reliance on oil that came from the Middle East. So that didn't sit with me real well, but there's nothing much I could do about it at that time. But as I got to know Craig more, he got out of the Army and started companies and was achieving some success in the private sector. And then I went back to Iraq again, and that's when I saw yet again our nation's reliance not only on uh, Mideast oil, but more, more importantly, it was starting to dawn on me while I was living in Washington, D.C., in congested traffic where jams would sometimes take one and two hours to go barely more than 10 or 15 miles, especially for people commuting in each day. I thought, here we are while I'm in the Army. We're wasting all this oil and gas sitting in traffic going nowhere, and yet around us is this amazing ecosystem of transportation from bus to rail to bicycle paths to carpooling opportunities to bicycle – I mean sharing rides with friends. It was all there, but it wasn't organized. So in 2011, I went in search of a website or uh, some platform to be allow me to compare all of my ground transportation options to go from point A to point B in the same way that you compare airline tickets on kayak or Travelocity. And much to my dismay, it didn't exist. So I started to write what I thought would be an algorithm that would balance the time, cost, reliability, and flexibility issues that prevent people from driving or from riding in other modes versus just driving their own car by themselves. And before we knew it, I had something that looked like a provisional patent, and my co-founder, Craig, was like, dude, we could make a company out of this. I didn't think we could, but sure enough, he proved to be right here three years later. Well, I have to say that you're picking up on one of the big themes in 228 episodes, which is to solve a problem, but you've gone for a very big problem, which is transportation. And I'm always, yeah. I'm listening to your story, Joseph, and I have to say, it's very hard to replicate, you know, the, the, your experience and, and, and uh, how's, how, um, how's the growth been for Ride Scout? Maybe you can sort of talk us through, you know, the early days and then you know, how, how it's gone from there. Yeah. So in the early days, it quite literally was me, uh, a PowerPoint presentation and a business plan. And that was the much of the case for the first six months. Uh, I was taking some initial investment money that Craig had put in 
to go around to different events to try to find developers who would take this idea and actually code it into an app or to a website. And it was just slow going. In fact, the first nine months, I received so little traction in the idea even to get developers to do it for the little money that I had that I almost gave up. And what sold it for us was in March of 2012 here in Austin, Texas at South by Southwest Interactive. I enrolled in the Houston, uh, sponsored by the Houston uh, pitch competition called Hatch and Houston Technology Center. And in that competition, I didn't win, but I came in second place. And that was the motivation that Craig and I needed together that said, okay, we know that the idea of organizing all the world's ground transportation is big and daunting, but there's enough there there that we should start chipping away at it. And you got to remember that in March of 2012, people hadn't even heard of Uber. Lyft did not exist. We were talking about a concept that was very early uh, ahead of its time, but it was growing fast enough to allow me to then bring in car to go into the app and bring in public transportation. And there were, other apps out there doing public transportation, but no one was doing multimodal taxi, car to go, car rental, zip car, bicycle share, public transit. And for the next year, we worked on building a prototype with money that we had raised from true friends and family who didn't know much necessarily about the sector, but knew that Craig and I, with our common backgrounds and our shared vision, had enough there that they were willing to invest in it. And I'm just glad it worked out. Now, and I also love the fact that with, you know, you share a lot of experiences with all the successful entrepreneurs we've had on the show by uh, the fact that you almost gave up, but it was, uh, you carried on and it was ultimately, you know, worthwhile. And you, and you got the, the, you came second and that gave you the confidence to move forward. So we're glad you did. What, what, where are you at now? What, what gives a, an impression of what the size is of Ride Scout? Uh, well, right now we're in a fantastic place. So in Europe, over the last two years, I was keeping a very close eye on a competitor known as Movel, M-O-O-V-E-L. And Movel was actually a subsidiary of Daimler uh, that makes Mercedes-Benz. And Mercedes was very focused Daimler together, their leadership, very focused on understanding the changes of demographics where young people were buying cars less, access was trumping ownership, they would rather just rent the car like Zipcar for an hour or two when they needed it rather than rent it for the whole weekend like traditional rental cars like Hertz and, and, and Enterprise. So they saw all this happening. So they created Movil. So Movil was a competitor of mine and we were just racing as fast as we could we launched in Washington, D.C. in fall of 13. Then we went into Boston and San Francisco and Chicago. And as we were growing during all that time, going into more cities and adding more users, we were improving the experience and adding more ride providers. So all these things were happening simultaneously, but we were still just a very small team. And that's when in the summer of 2014, two things happened almost simultaneously. One was we won the U.S. Department of Transportation Data Innovation Award for 2014 for what we were doing with open data and making it more accessible for people to find mobility options. But the second thing was is that the team at Movil 
looking long term, entered into a conversation with us that said, look, we both share the same vision. We both want to do the same thing. How about we partner together? And that's what happened at the end of the summer. And then in September, we announced that Ride Scout was purchased by a subsidiary of Movil here in the United States, which happens to be Cardigo, which is another Daimler uh, entity going into this shared economy in this new mobile space that we're all in. So to answer your question in a very long way, we've spent about the last four or five months restructuring and going through the logistics of actually growing the company. So we went from having four engineers and about five or six other people on the team to now we're just at 12 engineers and we're getting ready to add some more to our team that allow us to have a team just north of 30 people headquartered here in our new space in Austin, Texas. So Four months of restructuring took a lot of time, but the resources now that we have behind us with a shared vision with Movil will allow them to expand in, in Europe, us to expand in North America, and very soon hopefully be worldwide. You know, Joseph, we have a lot of people listening to the show who are entrepreneurs themselves. They're doing their own thing. And the ultimate is to uh, either partner with a bigger company or have an exit strategy. Perhaps you can give us an idea of uh, or, or give us some sense of what we should be doing to, uh, in, in the end of the day, sell to a bigger company who who perhaps has more finance to, uh, you know, help us move forward with our our vision as entrepreneurs. Yeah, I think there's really a couple of questions you have to ask yourself first, which is why am I doing it? Why did I start this company? If you started the company with the sole intent of just becoming rich. Well, that's a whole different set of factors that go in that I'm not prepared necessarily to be able to explain to people the best options. But if you went into the problem set to actually solve it and you're committed personally and professionally to finding the solutions and then you start attracting team members and growing and doing deals and making partners with groups and raising money with the intent of solving the problem, that's a much better easier conversation for me to get into because that's when you start saying, okay, if this idea is all about you and your name, well, it's going to be hard for you to partner with a bigger company because they're going to come in and they're going to have their labels, their logos, their lawyers, they're going to have their systems. And it might be hard for you to figure out how to exist in that environment. But for me, that wasn't very hard to do at all. You know, growing up 20 years in the United States Army, I worked in literally the world's biggest bureaucracy for 20 years. And so I understand that not only do you have to have policy entrepreneurs and people with passion and energy to take something forward, but you have to, at the end of the day, play well as a member of a team. You got to sacrifice. Partnering with a big company is not hard to do. And in my case, uh, the team at Movil and their shared vision for mobility in this whole new ecosystem we're entering into, it was really easy for me to decide, along with my co-founder for us as the leadership team, to sell to to uh, to Movil and Mercedes because at the end of the day, we felt that the visions were the same, the opportunity for the resources was fantastic, hard to pass up, and at the end of the day, it was about solving the problem and less about our own personal egos or trying to achieve some magic number of an exit. Yeah, Joseph, you couldn't have said that any better. And in 228 episodes, I don't think I've had one uh, founder or entrepreneur who has been in it just for the money. Uh, it just happens to be a byproduct of what they're trying to do with the problem solving. Uh, you know, yep. th this podcast is all about inspiration. We've had people that have left 
jobs and sit up on their own just because of the guests that they've heard. Uh, you leave, uh, you lead a very inspired life. Uh, I think your lifestyle is fascinating. I'd love to get uh, a couple of minutes of you talking through what a typical day is, if there is a typical day. Because I know, <laughs> give us a yeah. sense of what it's like to live your life, Joseph. Well, let me let me back up to the first point of your question, which is about that transition. So. I was 20 years in the United States Army. I was enjoying it. I was as successful with the friends that I had there. I only left when I did because I thought that the opportunities of Ride Scout were even bigger to solve an even bigger problem and that I had done all I could in the Army. And so on the margin for my efforts, my return on investment looked better in the private sector with Ride Scout than it did in the Army. The other thing that I'll tell people to think about before they jump is, how much runway do you have to keep the lights on and pay your rent? So for me, I was married with three children, three teenage daughters. And so I had a fairly high burn rate from, to put it into startup talk in terms of obligations with cars and loans and, and, and mortgage. But all that being said, I left the army with only one month's savings, 30 days in the bank as a cushion in case Ride Scout didn't work because I was that passionate about getting into it full time. I was that confident in the team members that we had that I knew that we would either be a success or we would leave it all out on the table and we would feel good about ourselves, good about ourselves and we did all that we could. And then lastly, with that months of savings, I figured I could probably get another job in 30 days so that I didn't put my family at risk. So you have to think about all those. Now to your large, and by the way, it worked out for us, but I know fully, I'm not naive. I know it doesn't work for everybody, but to answer your question, a typical day, um, no, there's no such thing as a typical day, but there are definitely some common traits to every day. So one of the very first things is I love to wake early. I love to wake early for two reasons. Uh, I don't suggest that everybody wakes at five or five 30 like I do, but when you wake early, you get to do two things that most people don't get to do. First is I get to work out, go for a run, go to the gym, go for a bike ride, whatever kind of way to break a sweat, at least 30 minutes, high intensity, to just get my day started and stay in shape because I couldn't keep this pace without it. Second thing about waking up early is to triage my email and establish my priorities for the day before other people start getting to work at 8 or 9 a.m. and dumping their problems in my lap. So I get to kind of decide how I want my day to go. That's the first thing. The second thing is every day is, is, is a situation where I am not stuck in traffic. And I'm not just tooting my own horn of Ride Scout and the fact that we give people options so that I have to drive their car by themselves and get stuck in traffic. But I mean it when I say that I look for ways to remain productive and keep moving. So it means I drive a little bit of a distance to a park and ride, and then I ride an express bus into downtown. So that's common of every day. And then beyond that, I just like getting out and about. I don't have a, a dedicated office in our, our space here. We've got about 5,000 square foot with 30 people here. And uh, I have a little tiny desk because I never spend any time sitting in it. I'm always over in product. I'm with branding. I'm in meetings. I'm in interviews. I'm out and about in town talking. Or frankly, I'm traveling. So that, that's the typical day. I like to get home early when the kids are getting off the of school. I try to get home by six each day. And then after the house gets quiet and everyone goes to bed or they're in homework, I get back on the computer around nine or 10 at night and I try to work for another hour or two to clear out the email. But uh, 
There's no such thing as typical, but that those are the common traits of a of, a, of an average day. Well, Joseph, I have to say that's really inspiring. And uh, you, you and I are talking on the same page. I uh, wake up at five o'clock. The only difference is I need an app to get out of bed uh, because I want to. <laughs> it's like gamification of my life. Uh, swipe this app to say that I've done it, and I've I've got um, so many days in the uh, in recorded now that I can't give up. But uh, there's two more yep. things we need to do before we say goodbye. Where I know that you you. Uh, are a busy man, so we want to keep this to schedule. And uh, just before we say goodbye, that, that typically we uh, have a lot of indie app developers listening to this who are looking for ideas. You seem like a man full of ideas. Uh, are you able to share with us maybe something, um, an idea uh, that you're not likely to work on, but you've been thinking about as entrepreneur? As an entrepreneur, uh, do you have an app idea? Um, oh yeah i don't even know where to tell you to start but there are a couple we've got to do something better with our shopping malls in the world there's just something that's missing between the consumer and the geolocation of knowing where he or she are at any given time in the mall there's got to be better solutions out there the second thing is for those that travel a lot in airports, we've got to do something more to increase efficiencies and productivity while they're in airports. And that's more product related when it comes to charging and access to Wi-Fi. But I know there's something that's out there in that. Uh, so those are kind of the two big ones. But beyond that, anything that we can do to facilitate more women engineers uh, in the ecosystem, uh, STEM education, science, technology, and math, whether we do it through gamification whether we do it through games that we make it fun uh, to learn engineering and coding, I don't care what we do, but we have got to get more women uh, inspired and retained in science, technology, engineering, and math, or we as a society are going to see rough times ahead because if it's just dudes programming the technology and writing our patents, then we're missing the untapped potential of half the population of the planet. And it's something we got to fix. Well, Joseph, I have to say I'm very proud. Uh, we have had a lot of uh, entrepreneurial women on this show, a big portion Great. of the show, in fact, uh, if you go through the past episodes. So, uh, yeah, we've, we can see that uh, I totally agree with what you were saying there about getting women in uh, into technology. Uh, so the last thing is uh, this is the App Guy podcast. We love talking about apps. So do you have one or two apps apart from Ride Scout, uh, obviously, but uh, any other apps that you tend to use in your day-to-day -day business or personal life that you could recommend? Stitcher. Stitcher. You got to get Stitcher. Once you get Stitcher, you can fill every two minutes, three minutes, or two hours of your day in constant learning and growth. Uh, I love using Stitcher for the five minutes from when I walk from my car to my bus stop. I love using Stitcher when I'm brushing my teeth or going on a two, you know, on an hour-long run. I can't recommend Stitcher enough because it has all the content that you can dial up whenever you need it. And uh, I actually think that's a really good idea because uh, this is a podcast. So uh, anything that there you go, I'm a huge podcast. fan of podcasts. Well, you've only got 227 episodes to catch up on, Joseph. So that should be a long run for you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Okay, well, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks very much for joining us on the App Guide podcast. Uh, how best can we reach out and connect with Ride Scout or connect with you personally? I mean, give us a sense. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, so I love following Twitter, uh, Joseph Kopser on Twitter, Ride Scout on Twitter, of course. And then if anybody wants to email me directly, my website, uh, the Ride Scout website has my email on it uh, that you can just click on it and tell me what you got going on, see how I can help. 
Uh, but more importantly, you know, I just want, would love to get feedback on the app itself. We're getting ready to do a big uh, renovation of the app, so uh, I understand there's still a lot of things that I can't wait to change, and I have big things coming forward in the future with Riot Scout this spring. Well, Joseph, uh, thanks very much for joining us on the App Guy podcast. All the best with Ride Scout. I recommend everyone download it now and uh, give uh, Joseph your feedback. What an inspiring story, and I uh, would love to, uh, you know, keep keep track as you uh, sell out for, uh, you know, just uh, your journey. It's amazing. So thank you, Joseph. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate the time.